Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Thursday, January 18th. Astroscale unveils its 25 mini dollar orbital refueling craft for Space Force, and unredacted meta documents reveal a historical reluctance to protect children. Plus, we'll be looking at NASA's robotic, self assembling structures as the potential next phase of space construction, and we'll watch SpaceX launch Axiom Space's third private astronaut mission live. All this coverage and more up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Astroscale, an orbital operations company, has recently unveiled its approach to refueling satellites in space. This is part of a $25.5 million project in collaboration with the Space Force. Celeste, can you give us a bit more insight into this? Certainly, James. The concept of on-orbit servicing and repair is quite appealing, especially considering the cost of launching new satellites. Many satellites remain functional after years in space, but they often lack the fuel to maintain their assigned altitude and trajectory. Astroscale and other companies propose a solution. Instead of launching another expensive satellite, why not refuel the existing ones? That sounds like a cost-effective solution, but how exactly does Astroscale plan to refuel these satellites? Astroscale has developed the Astroscale Prototype Servicer for Refueling, or APSR, which is a small satellite about the size of a gas pump. The APSR will ascend to geosynchronous orbit, or GEO, which is around 300 kilometers up, and then descend on a client satellite equipped with the correct refueling port. After refueling the client satellite, the APSR will back off and perform an inspection looking for any fuel leaks or other issues. It will then ascend to GeoPlus again and rendezvous with the Defense Innovation Unit Rapids Fuel Depot, essentially an orbital gas station. So it's like a mobile gas station in space. But why not keep all the fuel on the craft itself? Wouldn't that be simpler? While some space-based refueling concepts do opt for keeping all the fuel on the craft, the military seems to prefer the idea of a geostationary pressure vessel full of hydrazine, which is why Astroscale is going with that. It's also possible that a self-contained version for non-military use could be developed in the future. Interesting. When can we expect to see this concept in action? Astroscale expects to deliver this project by 2026, so we can look forward to hearing more about this and other space sustainability projects in the coming years. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks for the insight, Celeste. Now, in a different vein, Internal documents from Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, have been unsealed as part of a lawsuit filed by the New Mexico Department of Justice. These documents reveal that Meta knowingly marketed its messaging platforms to children and was aware of the vast amount of inappropriate and sexually explicit content being shared between adults and minors. Celeste, could you help us understand the implications of this? Certainly, James. The documents highlight multiple instances where Meta employees internally raised concerns about the exploitation of children and teenagers on the company's private messaging platforms. Despite recognizing the risks posed to underage users, Meta failed to prioritize implementing safeguards or outright blocked child safety features because they weren't profitable. New Mexico Attorney General Raul Torres accuses Meta and its CEO Mark Zuckerberg of enabling child predators to sexually exploit children. That's a serious allegation. Can you tell us more about the lawsuit? 
The lawsuit, originally filed in December, alleges that meta platforms like Instagram and Facebook have become a marketplace for predators in search of children upon whom to prey. The New Mexico DOJ even created decoy accounts purporting to be 14-year-olds or younger and said Meta's algorithms turned up child sexual abuse material, as well as accounts facilitating the buying and selling of such material. That's deeply troubling. How has Meta responded to these allegations? In response, a Meta spokesperson has said that the company wants teens to have safe, age-appropriate experiences online and that they have over 30 tools to support them and their parents. They claim to have spent a decade working on these issues and hiring people who have dedicated their careers to keeping young people safe and supported online. However, the unsealed documents seem to paint a different picture. Could you elaborate on that? The documents show that Meta intentionally tried to recruit children and teenagers to Messenger, limiting safety features in the process. A 2016 presentation raised concerns over the company's waning popularity among teenagers and outlined a plan to win over new teenage users. An internal email from 2017 notes that a Facebook executive opposed scanning Messenger for harmful content because it would be a competitive disadvantage against other apps offering more privacy. So it seems there's a disconnect between Meta's public statements and its internal actions. What are the potential consequences of this? The consequences could be significant, James. The fact that Meta knew its services were popular with children makes its failure to protect young users against sexual exploitation all the more egregious. An internal presentation from 2021 estimated that 100,000 children per day were sexually harassed on Meta's messaging platforms and received sexually explicit content. If these allegations are proven in court, Meta could face substantial legal and financial penalties, not to mention the reputational damage. While it's a grim situation, and we'll be keeping a close eye on how this lawsuit unfolds, let's shift our focus to something a bit more uplifting. NASA Ames Research Center has recently published a paper in Science Robotics detailing the creation and testing of what they call self-reprogrammable mechanical metamaterials, or in simpler terms, a building that builds itself. The acronym for this project is ARMADAS. Celeste, can you shed some light on this? Absolutely, James. The ARMADAS project is essentially a self-building structure that utilizes a synergy between the building material and the robots that assemble them. The building material consists of cuboctahedral frames, also known as voxels. There are two types of robots involved in the construction process. One type, which resembles our own biology's kinesin transport molecules, carries a voxel and walks along the surface. The other type, a fastening robot, lives within the frame and tightens the reversible attachment points once the voxel is in place. That's fascinating. So, the robots are essentially working together to build these structures. But what are the potential applications for this technology? The potential applications are vast, particularly for austere environments like the lunar surface or space. The technology could be used for lunar surface construction of communication towers and shelters, which would be needed before astronauts arrive. It could also be used for on-orbit structures like booms and antennas. The structures could even be constructed on-site using materials found on the moon or other planetary bodies. That's quite a leap forward for space exploration. But how efficient is this process? How long would it take for these robots to construct a structure? The robots developed by the lab took 256 voxels and assembled them into a shelter structure during a total of 4.2 days of work. 
However, speed isn't necessarily of the essence when it comes to building stuff in space or on the surface of another planet. The overall strategy for scalability is to use more robots, which would allow the system to work faster. The complexity of scale is pushed onto algorithms for planning, scheduling, fault detection, and repair. So we could potentially send these robots ahead to Mars or the Moon to construct shelters before a crew arrives. That's quite a game changer. What's next for this project? The next versions of the robots will be faster and more reliable, based on the lessons learned from the first versions. The researchers are also interested in understanding how different types of building blocks can be integrated into the structures to provide functional outfitting. Research will also continue on structures employing swarms of robots, not just a handful. The goal is to create structures that are larger and more complex. It's certainly an exciting time for space exploration with the potential applications of Armadas technology possibly revolutionizing off-planet living. In related news, Axiom Space is preparing to launch its third fully private astronaut mission to the International Space Station, ISS. The launch is scheduled for January 19th from NASA's Kennedy Space Center on board a SpaceX Falcon 9. Celeste, can you tell us more about the crew? Sure, James. The crew is quite international. It includes NASA astronaut and Axiom employee Michael Lopez Alegria, Italian Air Force Colonel Walter Villaday, Alper Gezerovci, who is Turkey's first astronaut, and Marcus Want, an astronaut with the European Space Agency. They will be traveling in a Crew Dragon spacecraft, the same capsule built by SpaceX that ferries NASA astronauts to and from the ISS. That's quite a diverse crew. What can you tell us about their mission? The Dragon capsule is scheduled to autonomously dock with the ISS. The crew will stay on the station for 14 days, where they'll conduct more than 30 scientific experiments and demonstrations. Axiom's fourth mission is scheduled for as soon as October of this year. The mission, called Axe 3, was originally scheduled for November 2023, but was delayed due to weather and other scheduling issues with SpaceX. Axiom seems to be making significant strides in private space travel. Can you tell us more about their future plans? Axiom has big plans, James. They aim to eventually attach commercial modules to the ISS, which Axiom would own and operate. These modules would detach by the end of the decade to become a free-flying Axiom space station. The first section, which is being developed by European aerospace manufacturer Thales Alenia Space, is scheduled to launch in 2026. While there are other private space station projects under development, Axiom's is the only one that will connect with the station before it is decommissioned in 2030. That's a fascinating vision for the future of space travel, and it will be interesting to see how this mission unfolds and what it could mean for the future of private space exploration. But for now, that wraps up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Current Radio. We'll see you back here tomorrow.